Hi, everyone. Mitch here with Chris for Pick Dogs. And it is Friday, August 26, 2022. Of course, we're live seven days a week, 365 days a year, giving out free picks. We're going to go through the schedule. And, of course, with our different format that we have on Saturday, we're also going to touch on week zero college football action and just, you know, we're not going to go into in-depth in every game, but we are going to go over a few of them here and just kind of uh, poke around and, you know, get some thoughts in. Because like I said, um, Saturdays and Sundays, you know, we have our different format with all the different cappers. So we're going to use these Thursday and um, Friday shows um, going forward over the, over the uh, college football and NFL season to uh, touch on some of those games um, as well. Chris, you ready for uh, college football? I, mean, I think this is the most ready I've been in, in, in a long time. I, you know, just been doing my my digging, reading up on teams, and uh, and I, I'm I'm even pumped for week zero. I couldn't say that last year, but this year I'm I'm excited for week zero and uh, some of the games that are on the card may not be the biggest games, but just re- excited to have college football back. Yeah, it's so weird because like week zero last year, I believe I didn't do any picks on week zero, and this year it's like I have a bunch of games that I actually like. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, good stuff. So, um, you know, there's some good matchups out there and I think there's some good money making opportunities. You know, it is my favorite day of the week during my favorite time of the year, college football Saturday. I did, I did my videos already. We haven't posted them, but it was fun to say that, you know, I've been saying that for an awful long time for 15 years, um, online. Uh, talking about college football, so uh, you know, just excited about you know the season. I think you know this season's going to be a little bit different than than you know every season's a little different, but this season, you know, with the image licensing, basically the paying of players, and you know the players um, also um, you know being able to transfer because they can't get a starting job at one school or another, um, it gives them a chance to go to another school and either prove a point that they. Um, you know, that they can be a starter somewhere or um, at the same time, um, you know, go somewhere else and realize that, you know, they did, they weren't quite starting material to begin with. You know, um, we see a lot of these guys and, you know, when we look at week zero, you know, we're not going to go over all of the games, but, you know, what game, what game, uh, what's one of the games that you're looking at, Chris? You know, I'm, I'm really looking at that, and it's going to kick off the day early, but I, I'm looking at that uh, Nebraska-Northwestern game. You know, being in Dublin, Ireland, I don't know if I want to bet a coach with the last name Fitzgerald in Ireland. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a dicey proposition. But, uh, you know, you're seeing that line go all over the place. You know, Northwestern at one point, 13.5 point dogs. Now it's down to 11.5. You know, I'm initially looking at the under in that game. I think it's going to be, a, you know, a sloppy you know, kind of a low-scoring game. Northwestern's offense was non-existent last season. Didn't really do anything to address it. I think the defense is still going to be there. But but Nebraska, you know, consistent underachievers under Scott Frost. And, you know, I know they made moves. They went out and got Casey Thompson from Texas for to, you know, to fill that quarterback void. But uh, I still think it's just going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be, like I said, a defensive slugfest game one in the trenches. And I, I think I'm looking at the under early in that game. 
Yeah, you know, the thing for me in that one is is that you have a coach that, you know, has that Nebraska program, and while they've been down for a little bit, I mean, it is Nebraska um, after all, and, um, you know, he's kind of has done less with more, um, you know, especially returning home, you know, to, to where he played college and, you know, leaving that UCF job where he seems to have that program headed towards national prominence, maybe to a place where Cincinnati um, has gone the last few years. And, you know, on Northwestern, you have the opposite. You have a guy that's done more with less in, you know, what's considered one of the toughest conferences out there. Two years ago, they played in the Big Ten championship game, you know, Northwestern. It wasn't Wisconsin. It wasn't Iowa. It wasn't um, Penn State. It was Ohio State against Northwestern in the Big Ten college in the Big Ten college football championship game in Indianapolis. So I just think that, um, you know, I kind of like the guys that do more with less, you know, and I think that's that's what makes the great college coaches. You know, one of the games, you know, of course, Jim Moore Jr. paid for a lot of my Hawaii house and, um, you know, a lot of the improvements that that we were able to do. And, uh, you know, the job that he did at UCLA and, you know, Tony T will, will tell you, you know, it's tough for him to, to not cry from joy. Um, you know, just speaking about the, the Jim Moore, Josh Rosen years at UCLA. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, here he is at UConn, which is a perfect fit for a guy that's used to getting slaughtered. And he's up against a Utah state team that is some tough ass customers they blew the living crap out of San Diego State in that Mountain West Championship game last year. I know a lot of people don't remember, you know, Mount, the Mountain West Championship, but, you know, this is what we do. So I remember it. And uh, it was a slaughter, Chris. I mean, it was an absolute slaughter. But the issue here is, you know, Utah State goes to Tuscaloosa next week. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like I think that title game was like forty-eight to thirteen or something like it was that. A it was slaughter. If it was a fight, they would have stopped it. Yeah, that was and that was against one of the better defenses in the country in San Diego State. But uh, yeah, you know, Utah State they still have some turnover, you know. And I, I'm with you. I think that, I think that Jim Moore Jr. is just going to bring a little bit of oomph to this UConn program that's been lifeless in the last couple of years. By no means do I think they, you know, reach a bowl game this season, probably, you know, maybe win one or even two games. But uh, yeah, I think that Utah State could be looking ahead to Alabama a little bit. You know, I think they'll want to use UConn as a tune-up, but four touchdowns with Utah State for me just feels like a lot. Um, I could see this, you know, being a, a 35 to 10 kind of game, sort of where UConn kind of sneaks in the back door and, uh, and gets themselves gets themselves a cover. If this line were to drop, you know, closer to twenty four and a half, maybe even some people say twenty seven and a half, and that way you can kind of get that extra hook on your side in case uh, Utah State wins by four scores, maybe. But at you know twenty eight and a half, which is where I was seeing it, um, I think I like the, the points with UConn. Yeah, you know, when Jim Moore Jr. got the uh, UConn job. We're friends on LinkedIn. Um, we're connected on LinkedIn. I sent him the LinkedIn message. Um, congrats on the new gig. And uh, he, he actually wrote back. He said, thanks. Jim is now offline. And it kind of, you know, was, um, you know, it's like we connected there on that, on that level. But uh, at the same time, you know, I think he's really got up against them. And, you know, we got a big number here. Um, we have... A, a total that's going higher too. And I just think in this one, I think it's more to me the under because I just think that Utah State maybe 
goes up 35 nothing or something and, and maybe pulls the dogs off and then it's you know well you come back or you know or not type deal i just see it as a one-sided game i think utah state they had some transfers out but they still got that quarterback honor so i'm um, they're going to be they're going to be very very tough. When we look at um, maybe some of these other games just real quickly. Any anything else that just jumps off at you? I mean, I looked at all the all the big games. I didn't look at any of the other games. The the games against the with the FCS opponents. I kind of like North Carolina against FAMU here, um, laying the big number. I just think that Carolina is that type of program that would run it up on them. I also like yeah. I like Hawaii against Vandy um, a lot. Um, I think they have a chance for the outright. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I think I think uh, I think Vanderbilt's one in twelve in their last thirteen road games. So I get it. You know, Timmy Chang going through a complete rebuild at his alma mater. That's you know the only reason I could see Vanderbilt being favored here. But you know, I am looking actually at an FCS team to cover, and I'm gonna, I think I like Duquesne against Florida State. I know Florida State, you know, bringing back, you know, a ton of talent. They're bringing back Jordan Travis as their starting quarterback, but Duquesne, no slouch. You know, they, they've got a lot of their returning talent coming back as well. Had a really good season in the NEC last year, and you know, thing about Duquesne is that they went in. I'm not likening Ohio to Florida State here, but they went in and beat Ohio last year, so they have had a you know success against an FBS program. I know Florida State, you go to Dope Campbell, it's something completely different, but 38 and a half was what I was seeing for Florida State at last glance, and that just, for me, feels like too much for you know a, a Duquesne team that's fully capable of keeping this one within three scores, so probably take Duquesne in the points there. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't just don't know no, enough about Duquesne at this point. I can go look at it, but to me, it's just a little bit much. But yeah. I, I think to me, the toughest game on the board is UTEP North Texas. I, I just, I can't, I just can't get a side here. Two teams that can run the football well. Two teams that return, you know, a lot of players um, as well. I, I like Wyoming a ton against Illinois. Um, I just think that Wyoming defense is going to just turn it into a muck fest. And, you know, with uh, Danny DeVito, I know that's not his real name, but um, at quarterback for Illinois, I don't think he's, I don't think he helps. I don't, I think he's, uh, there's a reason why he's not at Syracuse, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think, I think Wyoming more than holds their own. Wyoming was a little disappointing last year, but I think the, I think the Cowpokes, um, you know, show up in this one. They st- they still have a good defense, and you know, Illinois. the The beauty of a Brett Bolima coach team is that you know, even if Wyoming doesn't have the doesn't have the the the, the sack to uh, you know to to beat them, you know, Bolima's fully capable of beating himself on any given Saturday. I'm not going to disagree with that, but I think I think I'm with you. UTEP was a was a, a tough game for me to try to. You know, dissect, but I'm also having trouble with that Nevada New Mexico State game. You know, New Mexico State now Jerry Kill takes over. He did you know lose you know his starting quarterback, so he has, he's had to bring some guys in. But Nevada lost you know Carson Strong to the NFL, Romeo Dobbs to the NFL as well. So they're starting you know their one two punch quarterback wide receivers gone, and they brought in Shane Illingworth from Oklahoma State. But Illingworth completed his you know, degree at Oklahoma State. So he missed spring practice with Nevada. I know he had time to sort of, sort of fill in the gaps, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the summer probably. And, you know, had time to get some, uh, get some reps in that way, but still spring practice can be huge if you miss it. And, uh, 
I don't know. I think that might play a factor into this. I was leaning towards New Mexico State in the points, considering the line dropped from 12.5 when I first saw it, now down to 8.5. But uh, still New Mexico State we're talking about. Jerry Kill's a fast builder. Um, yeah. You know, he, he is a fast builder, but is he this fast? I think that's the issue here. I think, you know, last year we saw him take over at Texas A&M, uh, t- TCU um, after Patterson was fired. And, um, you know, I, after he had left, um, you know, Minnesota for the health reasons and everything, I was kind of surprised that he resurfaced because he had a lot of success at Minnesota. I mean, they beat Michigan. They won the jug. They did all those things. They won the axe, you know. I mean, he won all those games, the, the big ones for, for the Gophers, games that you don't see them win too often. And, you know, here he is at New Mexico State. So we know they're going to be better, you know. We know they're going to be a better team than what we've seen from them in the past, you know. And that's really not too much of a reach. I mean, you know, anyway. But how fast can he do it? Um It'll be interesting to see. Um, he's got a few tests here early. He goes to Minnesota next week as well, you know, where he had all that success. It wasn't like he left Minnesota with animosity or anything. He was, it was, it was health related, right? Yeah. Hmm. And it was, now they got the flexster. <laughs> Don't even go there yet. It's too early in the season <laughs> for me to get flecked. They're not even playing this week. But anyways, there's a quick look at week zero. Chris and I both did some videos, and you'll have those out at Pick Dogs um, today and uh, a chance to look at those. We go to um, NFL action tonight. And uh, last night's NFL, man, I kicked myself for not putting those Texans in as a um, as a premium pick. I don't know what I was thinking. I gave it out as in, in the free picks. It was about as easy as it gets um, for preseason. But, you know, what we're going to see is a lot of teams going through the motions here. And um, we've got the Saints taking on the Chargers. What do you think of this one, Chris? Oh, yeah, under. <laughs> That's all I can say. I, I You know, I we're not going to see Justin Herbert here. And if we do, it'll be a series at best. And uh, I just don't uh, – I don't think we're going to see Chase Daniel and uh, – Easton Stick really, you know, do anything of significance here against the Saul. Chase Daniel sucks. I mean, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. I mean, they did have a little bit of success during the preseason, but yeah, no, he's, had, he's, he's never had success. He's, he's never had. You know, but I'm saying, just in a couple games in the preseason, he hasn't looked terrible. But I do he's agree, terrible. he sucks. He's terrible. I do agree, he sucks. What's his record as an actual NFL quarterback in games that count? What's his record? <laughs> Let me look. Hold on. I mean, he stinks, man. He's terrible. You know, yeah, it's just terrible. Two, uh, two and three. Really? That's he started yeah. five games in what? Eleven years? Fourteen yeah. years? Yeah, two and three. Two and three. Oh, those Missouri days. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is just about you know, it's a game where everybody's going to muck around and Ian Book on the other side. Oh boy! Oh God. Yeah. God, I mean, yeah, give me the give me the under here. The issue here is like maybe they get booked out of the game though, and the thing is that Chargers defense, the the backups have been so bad, you know, they've been absolutely stinkopotamus. I mean, they just they're just terrible. I mean, the Chargers have no depth. You know, they they've spent a lot of money up top, but as far as the depth, absolutely terrible. 
Um, that's what we have seen from them. That that special teams play against the Cowboys last week. Oh my, you know, because that's where guys are fighting to make the team, and that's where you figure. That's where people figure to make it. We've got uh, Buffalo taking on the Panthers. Baker Mayfield now named the starter for the Carolina Panthers this season. So they've got backups that have a ton of experience as far as at the quarterback position. The Buffalo Bills, a lot of people's pick to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, Last year coming up short on that game in Kansas City once again. You know, it's like, um, you know, where does it end for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, this game, I, I do like to value the Bills with the points. You know, I, I know, you know, uh, again, no Josh Allen. If we do see him, it'll be for a uh, for, for a series. And the thing about the Carolina Panthers is that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Darnold sat out this game as well, leaving it a lot of the action to, uh, to P.J. Walker. And the Buffalo Bills, you know, when we talk about Case Keenum and Matt Barkley as your as your backup quarterbacks, this is still a Buffalo offense that's put up 69 points in their two preseason games, and the majority of that was done without Josh Allen. And uh, I think that they can get to the Panthers here. I think we're getting, you know, too many points with the other uh, Buffalo Bills. I'll take the Bills plus six and a half. I don't know, man. You say Case Keenum and Matt Barkley in, in the same sentence. I, I think to myself, man, it's like I know I've been sober for, you know, a long time, but it's tough to hold it together, you know, when you when you when you're looking at something like that. So I don't know. I'm going to go with the Panthers here in this one. I don't. I don't. Uh, I think the Bills lay down in this one. We got the Dallas Cowboys getting getting a touchdown here at home against the against Clappy and the Seahawks. And you know, Clappy is a, is a Clappy. You know, rah rah guy. A lot of you know, Seahawks traditionally the most undrafted players on their roster. Um, you know, when you look at the first round draft choices of the Seahawks, generally most of those guys, not really the contributors. The big names on the Seahawks are guys that were drafted a little bit later. Um, you know, guys like Metcalf and um, or guys that weren't drafted at all. Um, you know, meanwhile, uh, you know, Jerry Jones, he just always seems to like to win. A lot of pressure there to win everything. Yeah, and you know, I, I I think this game I'm looking at the over thirty seven and a half. And you know, I think uh, I actually think it's one of the games where you might actually see a little bit more top string action. I don't think the quarterback battle is sorted in Seattle. I think uh, you might see a little bit more Drew Locke and Geno Smith here than you're used to maybe seeing in week three of the preseason. But realistically I think they are gonna want to perform well. Whether or not they actually do is another story. But I was also impressed with what the Dallas Cowboys did with their backups, I never thought I'd say that with an offense featuring Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. But, uh, you know, they put up 32 points last week. Needed some special teams help to get there. But uh, I think at 37 and a half, I think I would lean towards the over rather than try to pick a side in that one. Cooper Rush is the king of the preseason. I love the Cowboys in this one. Money line. Um, we go to our, you know, I just think that, you know, Jerry Jones, just he loves to win games. He doesn't really care when or where or anything like that. And Clappy, you know, he's got it. It's, I mean, maybe they win the Seahawks, but this is one of those games that comes down to the two-point conversion at the last play of the game, you know, type game. Either the Cowboys make it or the Seahawks make it or whatever. They don't make it. But it's one of those games. It's not, there's not a, a touchdown game. Speaking of games, we've got the Raiders taking on the Patriots. Um, if this was a regular season game, we care. It's not. We don't care. Um, you know, the Patriots, the uh, Patriots, 
not looking, you know, um, spectacular in these games so far, even though they are one and one. And the Raiders, playing their fourth preseason game, um, have won every single one of them. Yeah, this was probably my toughest one of the of the four. And that's to say, that's saying something about how much I really don't like the uh, the Cowboys and Seahawks game. Probably still lean towards the Raiders. You know, I, I just I, I think they've got just a lot of depth, and you know, I still. You know, I like Bailey Zapp, and I like you know him in this New England offense. But the the Raiders have looked really good so far in the preseason. I think they just put the cherry on top, try to finish strong, and uh, bring in some good vibes heading into the other uh, regular season. I think the Patriots are sort of just focused on uh, on on week one. I know Bill Belichick, you know, is going to coach this team up, but I just think the Raiders end up getting the win here. So I take the, the Raiders on the money line. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders as well. I I don't like the way the Patriots look. In general, um, I think this is an ego thing, you know, for Belichick at this point. And I just, I think this is going to be a tough year for the Patriots. I think they'll be competitive in games because they have Belichick and, you know, he can out coach just about anybody. But I think overall, it's going to be a tough year. And I think we're going to see it here. Um, we've seen it throughout the preseason. They, they kind of got lucky, you know, with the win in New England. Um, I don't know. I'm not, not loving it. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm going Raiders all the way. We move over to Major League Baseball, where, uh, how'd you do yesterday? Did you win? Uh, two in one day yesterday. Nice. Yeah. I think I was, I think I swept the board in my three picks and, um, did not get that Reds win that we talked about on the show, though. I really wanted that one, but I have to say that I bet that Cardinals Cubs game. I was like chatting with Romanelli and the thing, and he was like saying something about the Cubs or whatever. I said, I'm betting my entire bankroll on this game, the entire thing. <laughs> so I didn't bet the entire bankroll, but I bet 3,200. I put 2,000 on the, on the Cubs straight up. They were plus on the Cardinals straight up. They were plus 102 at that point. And um, I also put, 1200 on the run line at plus 147 so i bet 3200 i got back seven grand <laughs> it was like i was showing romanelli the tickets and i told him before the game he was like yes yeah, romans he had a quality start last time out i'm like i don't understand how you can lose a game and have a quality you know because he gets all wrapped up in the statistics sometimes a little too much i'm like how is a loss a quality start you know it's like you lost the game how is there quality there and then you know and then yesterday, he's like, oh, well, the wind is blowing out. He's like, Arenado's not playing. I'm like, yeah, so Goldschmidt will hit four home runs today. And I was wrong. He, you know, he was right. You know, Goldschmidt didn't hit four home runs. He hit two. But they weren't bombs, you know. It was like, he didn't need to hit four. He also, he also had a walk in there. But he also hit into a weird double play where he struck out. The runner from third was in like a dead sprint home. And it was like, he got caught with his pants down. You don't expect Goldschmidt to strike out in that spot but uh yeah it was a big win for me yesterday on that one my 15 dollars big play was uh the astros on the run line we got we got plus money plus 115 or something on that so take it what was your 15 dollars big play yesterday uh, the blue jays what's yours really called yours is called the the pickoff play pickoff play what are you gonna call it for football 
the pickoff. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll figure something out. But uh, no, I thought I was. I, I thought I was in trouble a little bit when it was bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, nobody out. Then you know, Romano strikes out. I don't remember who he struck out. I think it was. Uh, I'm not even gonna try to guess. But then uh, bases loaded. Uh, Matt Chapman steps on third, throws to first for the double play, and I just breathe a huge sigh of relief because I'm like, oh, the Boston Red Sox, oh boy. Now, that game lasted 16 hours. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was like, it, it was like, so I was, you know, I chat with Romanelli like a lot during the games and stuff, and he had, he had the Yankees ace, and it was like, so I had the Astros game, you had that game, and he had the Yankees, and it was like, these games, all three of them, took about 100 hours each. It was like, how does a game take this long? You know, it was like, they were painfully, painfully long. No rain delays, no nothing. And yeah, you got the Marlins. round 11, I think. Oh, my God. You got the <laughs> Marlins taking on the Dodgers today. And, um, you know, this is an interesting series. Uh, the Dodgers pretty much, you know, wrap, wrapping up everything at this point. And the... Uh, you know, the Marlins, as odd as it looks, they're really not horrible. Like in the grand scheme of things, they're kind of in the middle of the pack in the National League. They, they they appear to be worse, you know, but it's pretty much they are the middle of the pack team. What do you think of uh, of this one with uh, Tyler Anderson? Is it Tyler Anderson? Yeah. He's having a career year. I mean, really is. And, you know, I keep looking for, waiting for him to, you know, fall flat on his face and you know, he keeps defying me yeah this is this is one of those cases i want to see who i haven't seen uh, a confirmed starter for the uh, the marlins yet um but i think i'm still leaning towards the over in this one you know tyler anderson his sharpest play as of late has come at home um on the road his last two road starts he's allowed eight earned runs over 11 innings of work uh it's given it up on 13 hits he had four walks against the giants a couple starts ago Kind of found his form a little bit against the Royals, but still gave up three runs in uh, six innings in that start. So I think the Marlins could get to him a little bit here. I think the Dodgers just keep the offense rolling against the Marlins and uh, do enough to uh, to get us over the number whenever it's posted. Yeah, I kind of am leaning toward the Dodgers here. Not a game that I really love. I just don't I don't see one way or the other um, where to go here. All I see is um, maybe... Um, I, I see here is maybe, you know, hold off until tomorrow when Sandy pitches against Dustin May. I like, you know, I think we'll get a, we'll still get a good price on Sandy um, against the Dodgers. And I kind of like them better in that spot. Uh, the Marlins, it's like, I, I'm not going to, you know, bet the Dodgers this kind of money. I know that much. So um, a lot of the, my, a lot of my feelings here have to do with the line. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of the new format of this show is we can talk about that and say, it's not that I don't think the Dodgers are going to win, but it's like, I can't bet these kind of odds because my bankroll just doesn't allow me to do it. It's like, I mean, it's, it's almost like electro shock therapy. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, it's like, what are you thinking? You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I have no idea, but, uh, Go to our next game here, and we got the Nationals taking on the Reds. Mike Miner serving here for Cincinnati, and he has been absolutely hideous. Um, how do you know when you when your team just is looking for bodies, live bodies to fill a spot? When you sign Mike Miner midseason to to fill in, you know, so, to take a couple starts for you because he hasn't contributed anything positive 
at any point this season, Chris. I mean, zero. He's brought zero to the table. He's so bad, the Nationals are minus 146. That's how bad he is. Also, minus 146, starting a pitcher making his major league debut here in Cade Cavalli. So, yeah, I, I would lean towards the Nationals for the side, but probably go with the over here. You know, you, I, I looked at Cavalli's minor league numbers. He was a disaster in AAA last season, a 7.30 ERA. But this season, across 20 starts, still got a 3.71 ERA in AAA, a three, uh, six and four record. But I think, like you said, this is more about, you know, what Mike Miner brings to the table, and it's usually a lot of runs. <laughs> I mean, in uh, in four starts in August, he's allowed a combined, let me do some quick math, 16 runs here in uh, 21 of the third innings of work. So close to a 7 ERA and a 6.23 ERA across his last seven starts, and that could be worse had he not given up just one earned run out of his five against the Yankees. So and I the, think... Uh, the thing I really like about this, too, is that when you look at the betting action on this game, and it's showing 57% of the bets and 89% of the money on the Cincinnati Reds, I think that, um, you know, the thing with the... Um, you know, with these with these money percentages and things, I think with the legalization of sports betting, with these numbers not coming from the legal U.S. states, with these numbers primarily coming from overseas and you know from the from the Caribbean, um, with less action being there, as you get inverted numbers, and here you have what is looks to be just a very public dog. <laughs> that is not good. <laughs> that is called that dog has. You know, I thought I think. Yesterday, I think we saw it when the Cubs line inverted when Aaron, you know, um, from them being dogs to favorites, you know, with all that late money coming in on them. It was like um, you'd think, you know, that dog has messed the carpet for the last time, you know, (laughs) it's it's pretty much that thing was uh, I saw all that public money pouring in all that all that public steam on the Cubs. I I swear I said to Roman, I'm like, I'm going to bet everything on it. And I, I held myself at 3,200. And it's like, I think I see the same thing happening right here. I mean, this is just, I mean, just terrible. 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 Mike Miner's straight ass. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. No, I don't. Who am I kidding? We got the Phillies against the Pirates. You know, the Phillies are winning these winnable games and actually putting a little bit of separation between them and the Chasers here as they have the number two spot for the wild card in the National League. Of course, they will win zero postseason games. I mean, zero. But at least they're not falling flat on their face. Bryce Harper returns to the fold here for the Phillies as well, um, coming off the injured list. And, you know, is he just another guy that, you know, I don't don't know. You know, because he hasn't really ever provided the chemistry that's put a team over the top to become a winner. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe he could do that here in Philly. But they've caught a, little, a soft stretch of the schedule here. They played the Reds and, and, the, and the Pirates back-to-back all at home. And um, you know, so far they've taken advantage of it against the Reds and at big, big prices. You know, if you, you want to lay minus 295 here with Bailey Faulkner, is that, is that you know, on your uh, plate of, uh, of goodies for today? Now you want to lay minus 295 with Bailey Falter be my guest. I'm actually going to take a shot with the Pirates in this one. You know, I, I, I don't love Bryce Wilson, but he's actually over his last seven starts, he's pitched better than Bailey Falter has. And he's been in the lineup a lot more consistently than Falter has. And uh, 
Yeah, I just again, this is just for me, just not wanting to lay minus two ninety five or even chase a run line with the Phillies. I know they're the better team, and it wouldn't shock me if the Phillies won this game. But uh, Bryce Bryce Wilson's put up pulled out wins in uh, other surprising spots this season. This could be one I would lean towards the Pirates, but uh, not a game I'm rushing to the window to bet. Harper's like one of those guys that gets frustrated when he strikes out or like when he hits a bad pop flyer into a double play. So he gets frustrated a lot, you know, during these games when, when we're watching him. And, you know, who's more frustrated, him or the people that actually believe in him? You know, like what if you're like, it's like, you know, Bittler would always say in the show, oh, the guy was an MVP, the guy's an MVP. How could you be an MVP of a team that doesn't win? Up until a couple of years, you never had guys that were, you know, on teams that didn't win. You know that were the MVP, the most valuable player of what? What? What do you? What makes? What are you valuable towards? You know, a sub five hundred record. It's like I don't understand it. To valuable means helped your team win, right? Not statistics, not any of those things. You did those things that made you the best. You know, I I, I don't see it. And you know, I until he until he does something more, until he wins a ring, um, you know, I'm gonna continue to treat him as such. And I'll take the Pirates with you on spite alone. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I, I don't, I don't see myself. So what happened to me last night is I ended up betting because I had won all that money on the um, Cardinals. <laughs> I ended up putting 200 on the Reds money line and 200 on the run line. So I lost 400 on that. So I've had 400 on the Astros run line on the other side. So I, you know, I made, I ended up, slightly ahead but it was a lot of work for a little bit of money that's really what it ended up being i think i won 30 bucks get myself a dozen bagels in this, in today's day and age do not bring down the name of the bagel and diminish the value of a dozen bagels Speak, I will not stand for it. speaking of value and bagels what are you selling today <laughs> I, well, nice segue i'll give you that um I, for me i got my 15 dollars pickoff play today and uh Julie, I'm selling for baseball. I also got a couple of NFL preseason plays up for long-term subscribers as well. So hop on something long-term. Use that promo code AUG15 because now you're going to get some college football tomorrow. I already have my plays lined up for that. Some Potentially some NFL preseason, and you'll get some baseball there as well. So I'll hop on something long-term. Use that promo code AUG15. Yeah, you know. I, I have my $15 big play. I have a bunch of other plays. I might I'd probably put them up as some as a three-pack. I think I have four extra plays. So if you have my long-term packages, I think my three-day is like uh, is like 10 bucks more than what I charge for the for a three-pack. You know, so you'll get everything, including my $15 big plays and that. And then I have my weekly is like less than 100 bucks I've been charging. So I'm going to have college football tomorrow and stuff. So... I encourage you, if you're going to buy my picks, to get the longer term. We've hit three in a row on our $15 big play. That thing's hitting at about – Bittler went through all my picks and because uh, I kept saying that they hit it over 70%. Because he knew, like, I wasn't hitting a lot of games, but I kept winning my $15 big play. But, um, yeah, I have a, my $15 big play, but I, I like a lot of the games uh, today as well. So I think it's an interesting card. And it's not one that I feel like I'm jumping in with both feet. We'll wait till tomorrow's college football for that. 
But um, we go to Toronto, where the Blue Jays return home. 7-3 in their last 10, 36-25 at home against the LA Angels. 26-37 on the road, 1-9 in their last 10. And Reed Detmas on the ball here. Um, I don't know, man, this Angels team. I watched that game against the Rays, and I'll just say this, man. They're absolutely hideous. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... I'm, I've checked out of the Angels this season. And for me, it's it's an auto fade. I think you're going to make more money than you're going to lose just by fading the Angels the rest of the way. And Reed Detmers, you can't forget this at one point, was a guy that you know the Angels lost like 10 straight of his starts despite how well he pitched. So I think this is just one of those spots where the Blue Jays, you know, they have the momentum after sweeping the, uh, the Red Sox. And uh, take advantage of the Angels and just this down Angels team that's now what? Is it uh, twenty-one games under five hundred? So, yeah, give me give me the Blue Jays here, big. You know, the early line for tomorrow has um, Shohei Otani as a significant dog against Alec Manoa. Um, you know, I, I think that might that might be the opportunity to jump back on the Otani bandwagon, and um, you know, as I continue my fate of Alec Manoa. But. Um, I just, I don't know, the Angels just make me sick. I just don't understand how you spend that much money on a team and be that bad. I mean, how how is it even possible to spend that much money and be this bad? Let's let's just take a look at this real quick. I, I got to look at it, <laughs> you know. So the Angels have a $190 million payroll, and... So Mike Trout, thirty-seven million one hundred sixteen thousand six hundred sixty-six dollars, um, is a lot of money. Shohei only makes five point five million, and um, you know when you look at the injured list, it's Anthony Rendon at thirty-six million five hundred seventy-one thousand four hundred twenty-eight dollars a year. Um, 36 he's got a 36 million dollar base so only five thousand five hundred and seventy one thousand four hundred twenty dollars is um in the signing bonus he's 20 percent of the team's salary sitting there on the injured list it's it's just it's it's part of the problem here so noah syndergaard is a retained salary um at thirteen million six fifteen, and they're still paying Justin Upton twenty seven million four seventy three oh seventy seven. So when you know Rossiel Iglesias as well, um, Justin Upton by the way is thirty four years old. He's out of you know he's not playing baseball, but they're paying him twenty seven million four seventy three, and he counts as twenty million six seventy three oh seventy seven against the luxury tax. I mean, what's going on there? What the hell's going on? I mean, explain this to me. You know, 27 million. He's 15% of the payroll. He's not even on the varsity. I don't know. Meanwhile, Tuki Toussaint pulling down uh, 257,000. <laughs> Jeez. The, the I don't know. Tell me, you know, this is the problem. This is the issue. Yuck. Aaron Loop makes seven point five million. Oh God. Yeah. This year? Yeah. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Aaron Loop. 7.5 million. Ryan Tapera makes 7 million. Shohei makes 5.5. Kurt Suzuki makes 1.75. 38 years old. And, uh, of course, not Berea. Makes 730,000 a year. What a mess. What a mess this team is. Shohei Otani is making 5.5? Yep. That's why they wanted to trade him. He's going to be due for a contract. (laughs) The market on him is, the market on Otani is 50 million. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, the number doesn't sound right. But then, like you said, we've never heard a contract extension for him. So that's well, probably... he's pre arbitration. Yeah, but he's wow. the number is fifty. You know, on an Otani. Oh yeah. Because you're you're like you're thinking Max Scherzer makes forty right pitching, and then you know Trout's making thirty seven hitting, so that would put him at seventy five million a year. Fifty would be a bargain. Yeah. Yeah, the future looks bright for the Angels. We got Michael Walker up against JT Chargois for the Tampa Bay Rays. Pardon my French. Chris, um, <laughs> the Red Sox have been playing in some long games, and that bullpen's been taxed, as they say. The Rays come in six in a row, eight and two in their last ten. The Kings of after the All-Star break play. The Rays and the Guardians after the All-Star break. You don't want them anywhere even near your neighborhood. You know, it's like they are just home wreckers. What do you think here in this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for this to be a low scoring game. I don't expect a whole lot from the Boston Red Sox, but if there's one spot where they may be able to sort of get up and get a win, I'm not saying they will. I do like the Tampa Bay Rays here. It would probably be with Michael Walker, considering he, how well he's pitched at Fenway this year, a 1.14 ERA. So I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game that the Rays eventually win. I initially said Boston in my video, but uh, after you know doing some digging and some soul searching, I think I'm still with you on the on the Rays here. But I do think the under is the stronger play in this game. Doing some sit down and spend some spend some time sitting and thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that here, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines. It's like I just need a place to sit and think. You don't want to do that here, Clark. <laughs> Anyways, I um I just think the Razor is way too much. I think the Red Sox just look extended. It's like I think they've been extended all season long, you know, with what they've had to work with, and I think they just look extended at this point. Just fully extended. I just don't see them doing anything. This Mets Rockies, you know, it's three one. We gave out Pete Alonso as my um, home run prop. I believe I said it on the show on the on this show right yesterday. He did homer. Um, it was the difference in the game, but a lot of people were on the Mets like minus two and a half or even more in that game. And uh, once again, Degrom got no support whatsoever. Um, here they come back with Chris Bassett and Chad Cool after a couple days off. You know, what do you think of this one? The Metropolitans, you know, five and five in their last 10, you know, after that series with the, with the Yankees, uh, the Braves are still breathing down their neck. Yeah. I think that this is, this is where the Mets would need to, this is a series where the Mets would need to take advantage of it. The Rockies right now just struggling and Chad cool, you know, he is coming back from, uh, from a bit of a break from the, uh, the Rockies rotation 
But in the six starts before he he pulled out of the lineup, basically the beginning of July, he's got an 11.06 ERA. And, you know, look at those advanced metrics, a FIP around nine, suggesting he's pretty much pitching as bad as his numbers would suggest. And uh, Chris Bassett, you know, pitcher I haven't loved, but he's been pitching really well at home. You know, his last couple starts, he hasn't allowed an earned run. I think if this, if there was a, day, a game where you were going to take the Mets minus two and a half, probably be this one to try to get the uh, the bet down into even money, but uh, a game I'm still struggling to get to. So the Angels are for sale, according to Milo. Yeah, um, yeah they are. Let's set up a GoFundMe. What do you think? <laughs> let's buy it. Pick Dog Stadium? Yes. I mean... We won't be able to make the Hall of Fame because <laughs> gambling ties, but I think that... Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's like you can't make the Hall of Fame because of gambling ties. Yeah, you can have blared on the sport on the scoreboard for nine full innings. The official sports book of the you know Los Angeles Angels, right? It's like it's a uh, different different players play by different <laughs> rules. It's my favorite Bobby Bowden. Um, you know, saying it was like when Sebastian Janikowski like broke curfew. Curfew was like ten o'clock. He showed up back at the hotel at like two thirty in the morning. It's like, you know, and he let him play in the national championship game. It's like, does that mean that he plays by a different set of rules than everybody else? He said, I guess it does. <laughs> I guess it does. Yep. Anyways, got the I, I I like the way Bassett's pitched this year. I just think you know the Mets are while we keep looking for them to fall down, they they haven't. The Mets have looked really strong this season. I think I think it's Mets, Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers. Right? I mean, I don't think any of these other teams um, have a chance. Those are the best four in the National League, and any of those four have a chance to win the World Series if they get there. Texas Rangers take on the Tigers. The Tigers still um, now have 20 wins on the road now. So still less than 33% winning percentage on the road this season. But um, they ha- did get to that magical 20 mark. And uh, meanwhile, the the Rangers at home, just 27 and 34. 10 games under 500 on the season. So obviously they have a better road record than they have a home record. And um, I think this is a season of what could have been you know, for the Texas Rangers. I thought, I felt that a month before the trade deadline, they were right in it. And I just felt if they would have made a move then for a couple starting pitchers or a starting pitcher or just some moves that they could have shaken it up. They chose to stand pat. They didn't listen to me. And uh, look at you now. It's like Mitch on the pick dog show. Um, I know the show's kind of tailed off a little bit, you know, lately. <laughs> Don't worry, they're going to reformat. It's like, he, he said that we should make a move. <laughs> it's like, yeah, did, did not listen. But uh, what, do you th- what do you think here? I think for me, it's like, I can't take the Tigers on the road. You know, I just can't do it. Um, I think the Rangers run line, you know, is, is reasonable. Yeah, it's definitely in play. But uh, I think I'm looking at the under eight here. I just, I think this is going to be one of those games where the offense is so bad that it makes the starting pitching look a lot better, especially on the uh, Detroit Tigers side. Glenn Otto has been capable, and I think that he, uh, he actually could have a solid outing here against the Tigers who still tr- struggle to hit right-handed pitching, especially on the road. And uh, 
you know, Tyler Alexander's actually been picking up his play as of late as well in uh, his last five starts since rejoining the rotation. He's allowed three earned runs or less. He hasn't really been getting blown up. So uh, I lean towards the under here, but I, but I do think that uh, you're right. I think there is uh, some value with the uh, the Rangers on the run line, maybe a 4-2 to two kind of game. Yeah, I, I just like the Rangers in this one. We go to the next one, Chicago White Sox against the Diamondbacks. I'm you know, White Sox fan. I hate them. I hate their guts this year for what they did to me. Built my hopes up and crushed my dreams. Never really have, were in it, you know. Um, underachieved all season. Tony La Russa, um, you know, oh, we'll make a decision after the season. And let me tell you what the decision is. I'll tell you what it is. You're fired, you know. It's like, I always I always like it. It's like, well, we're going to decide after the season. What there is. There's, there's no decision to be made here. You're fired. You stink. You, you've been a part, you're part of the problem. And um, I don't know. I, I think they can beat the Diamondbacks. Johnny Cueto, of course, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But, you know, I, I just, I'm disgusted with, with the White Sox. And, um, but they are 6-0 and um, as home favorites on the run line. So I'll take them here on the run line. Yeah, this is another another under for me in this one. And I think, and I do lean towards the White Sox run line. Johnny Cueto, one run, one earned run allowed in his last two starts over uh, sixteen and two thirds innings. You know, won both of those games convincingly in a two point one three ERA across his last seven starts. We started to see the, you know the 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 praise that you know you were giving Tommy Henry going into his last start, and he kind of showed up a little bit. Five and a third innings against the St. Louis Cardinals allowed just one run, seven strikeouts. So the stuff is there for Henry, and uh, you know the White Sox historically have uh, have tailed off a bit at home, but I do think the the White Sox do enough to get the win on the run line. I think my stronger play here though is the under uh, eight. Yeah, I'm I, um, um, I I I like the under too, but I like the White Sox. I think we get it done. I've I've been suckered on them all season, so why not one more time? <laughs> Got the Royals taking on the Padres. Chris, son of a boobitch on the mound, up against uh, your boy, Joe uh, Musgrove. And uh, I don't know if you want to lay minus one eighty-eight on the San Diego Padres on the on the road. Be my guest, but I'm not joining you on that endeavor. They'll be on that road solo. Um, I'll be on the three and seven in their last ten, fifty-one and seventy-five, thirty-one and thirty-five at home. Kansas City Royals here behind Chris, son of a boobitch. Yeah, I might, I might join you on that. I might take it with the plus one and a half. I might chicken out a little bit here. But uh, look at the Padres and their offensive output. You know, they were going into uh, last night's game. They had scored three runs or less in six straight and eight of nine. Uh, there's just nothing to really write home about about this Padres team. I think the Royals, Chris Bubich on the mound, you know, they haven't been, you know, great offensively either. But I think they can keep this, you know, one-run game, if not win it outright with Bubich. So, Give me Kansas City plus one and a half. If you can lose back-to-back home games against the Washington Nationals, you sure as hell can <laughs> lose in Kansas City. Um, you know, that's for sure. We've got the Twins taking on the Giants. This is an interesting one. Joe Ryan's kind of tailed off towards the end of the year here too, kind of Alec Manoa-ish, but without, without the uh, 48-inch waist. And uh, Alex Wood um, has pitched well this season. He's really has – he's been – Really solid for the Giants. I like the Giants in this one, getting plus money here in Minnesota against the Twins team, where the wheels are kind of off the cart. The Twins have been winning at home, um, terrible on the road, coming off that series in Minnesota, where they just never were in any of those games. 
They were winning one nothing last night. It was four one by the end of the first. I mean, it it's it's not pretty what, what happened here. The collapse. They had a lot of chances. Now they're lucky to finish over five hundred. Chris, what do you think of this one? I'm on the Giants taking the plus money. Yeah, I think so. I think I am as well. You know, Joe Ryan had a couple of bad starts. Still has a, has a five point three zero ERA across his last seven. And Alex Wood hasn't been much better, and he's coming off a start where he allowed seven runs in less than five innings against the uh, the Rockies, but he's still been solid on the road pretty much for the majority of the season. And like you said, the, the Twins are just unbackable right now. So, yeah, I'd go with you with the value here with the San Francisco Giants. Anyways. The Bills are underdogs versus the Panthers because the Panthers have three quarterbacks that with starting experience and the Bills have Matt Barkley and Case Keenum. I mean, that's pretty much why the Panthers would be favored. I mean, you want to bet on Case Keenum? Go ahead. With, with my money, it's an insult. Anyways, um, Case Keenum sucks. He's terrible. And Matt Barkley is, is worse. Anyway, speaking of Matt Barkley, we got the Brewers taking on the Cubs. Speaking of suck, Cubs sucking it up yesterday against the Cardinals. Um, you know, that was a five-game series. The Cardinals won 3-2, to two, but I tweeted this out. Um, Corey Dickerson uh, started that series batting two thirty-two for the season in three games. He didn't play the, the game one of the, of the first double of the doubleheader. So in the final three games of the series, he raised his season batting average, his batting average for the season. He's a regular player, right? He's not a guy that just bats a couple times. He's a regular player. He raised his batting average from 232 to 278 in three games. Four hits, four hits, three hits. Um, he is absolutely on fire. And the Cubs, you know, uh, just terrible. Their bullpen just is, is, there's nothing left in the tank there. I like the Brewers here big on the run line. I think I, think I like the over and the Brewers run line. It's same game parlay action on this one. And, um, you know, this is in addition to the parlay that we'll do later on the show. But I like the same game parlay here. Brewers, Cubs, Brewers run line and over. Cubs are just, they, they look just spent. Chris, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think I might go with the Yerfi in this one. I think this is just one of those games where the, the runs start flying on the board early. And uh, I think I think it is going to be a bit of a higher scoring game. But uh, I, I think we start right off the, right off the, the, the bat first inning. Wouldn't be surprised if both teams got a run here, but uh, lean towards the Yerfi in this one. I'd be surprised if the Cubs are competitive at all in this game. They're terrible. Straight ass. Straight ass. Astros Orioles got two teams with similar colors here. Um, this is one of those ones that if you're watching it on the split screen, you know, with all the different screens, it can be tough to tell who's up and who who's not. You know, got a lot of orange going on, dark colors. Um, Astros coming off of just a beatdown series of of the Minnesota Twins and the Orioles, um, kind of a dogfight there with the uh, White Sox. Every game was tough, right? Every game came right down to it. But the, the Orioles, um, I don't know. A, a couple weeks ago, I thought they were going to make it. Now I'm kind of thinking they're not going to make it. But um, I do like them here. Um, they've done really well in this spot. This um, road dog first game of the series, all that kind of good stuff. I'm going to go with the Orioles in this one. 
Chris, what do you think? Yeah, this is one of the tougher games on the board for me because I do like the value the Orioles have been have been giving us. I also do like the Houston Astros, but uh, I think I'm going to go with the under eight here. You know, Kyle Bradish has been pitching a lot better than his season-long ERA would indicate. And uh, Lance McCullers Jr., he, he did get roughed up a little bit in his last start, but still three runs allowed over five innings. I think this is a, just going to be a low-scoring battle. And uh, you know, if, if the Orioles want to win this game, they got to do it with basically how they've been doing it over the course of this winning couple months they've been on is with their defense. And I think uh, I think it's just a low-scoring game, first to three wins. So give me the under-eight uh, Astros-Orioles. Move on to our next game, and this is the feature game of the weekend, feature series. Cardinals are hosting the Braves, and uh, both these teams hot lately, 8-2 and two in their last 10 course the Braves not leading their division but they're number one in the wild card race and you know they're in the playoffs and the Cardinals kind of doing some damage there in the uh, National League Central 72 and 53 on the season 40 and 21 at home this season they go with Jose Quintana here and he's a home dog here against Spencer Strider now the thing is they have to remember with the Cardinals yesterday in that beatdown of the Cubs Nolan Arenado did not play and neither did Yadi Molina um, in the in that game so the Cardinals uh, Arenado is with his wife who is having a baby. So I'm not sure what his status is for this, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on um, in this one. Spencer Strider has been sensational this season, um, but this is a tall order going into St. Louis in this type of game and, and knocking off the Cardinals as a minus 150 favorite. What do you think here? Yeah, I thought it was going to be closer to a coin flip. Uh, to be honest, and maybe that does provide some value towards the St. Louis Cardinals. But I think, again, my stronger play here probably going to be the under. I'm expecting this to be a playoff-type atmosphere for almost the whole series. Spencer Strider, four of his last five starts and five of his last seven, he's allowed one run. And the majority of those, he's getting into the sixth inning. So he, he's putting the, uh, the Braves in a good spot to win his starts. Whether or not he actually does, that's another story. But uh, Jose Quintana... Hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in a start since joining the Cardinals. I think this one's a pitcher's duel. I think, like I said, playoff-type atmosphere. I like the under eight in this one. Yeah, this is a tough one. One of the tough ones. This is a coin toss-type game. I've gone both. I've, I've been on both sides of the coin on this game, to be honest with you, um, you know, looking at it. So I just, like I said, just really, really struggling with it. So I, I don't know. I, I guess the Cardinals at home. It's a lean at best. Definitely not one I'm betting. I like tomorrow's game um, in this series with Morton facing uh, Jordan Montgomery. I think that's going to be a hell of a game tomorrow. But um, we go to um, the next game on the board, and it is the Yankees and the A's. Just absolute ugliness um, last night in this game, in this uh, series. Um Chris, any, any thoughts? I mean, I, I hate betting on Cole. I hate these odds. But the A's are terrible at home, and, and the Yankees love to beat up on the weak sisters. What do you, what do you think? No, they definitely do. But uh, my my hatred for Garrett Cole is going to carry over here. I, I would take a shot with the, the A's plus one and a half. I know they were destroyed last night. 
but the thing for me is that Garrett Cole, you know, I still laugh, you know, throwing a tantrum against the Toronto Blue Jays in the dugout last time out. And then when Aaron Judge got plunked the day after, he's running out, throwing his hands up all over the place. I'm just thinking that Garrett Cole's mad because the only thing he was hitting the, the day before were the Toronto Blue Jays bats. So, you know, stop throwing a tantrum. And now he's got to go against an Oakland A's team that has J.P. Sears going. I think J.P. Sears is going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder, you know, facing his former team. The Yankees deemed him expendable, you know, in that Frankie Montas deal. He in his starts this year, sorry, in a starting role, four and zero with a one point oh four ERA. I, I, don't know, I think I think Sears going to do his best to keep the A's in this game. Uh, maybe I go with the first five uh, run line plus plus a half run plus one and a half with the A's, but uh, take a shot with the full game with Oakland in this one with Sears on the mound. What kind of chip is it on his shoulder? Mm, salty. Because, like, I saw it, like, on Master Chef, you know, where they have, like, the home chefs competing. Yeah. They had where yeah. you had to use gas station food to, um, you know, to make the dish. And you had to use at least three different gas station foods. So one of the women used, and I don't know, get, tell me if I'm wrong here, Fritos, tortilla chips, and I forget what the other thing was. But aren't Fritos and tortilla chips basically the same thing? Almost the same thing, different shape. Yeah. It's like... That to me is using the same ingredient, and then they applauded her like she had done something great. So I say go outside the box. Yeah, that, that, that for me that's that's easy. I could I could do that probably blindfolded. Potato potato chip crusted protein. Use a, a soda if they had it for like a, a reduce it, make it a sauce, and then just figure out a third item. I don't know. I don't know. I prepared. I, I prepared for this. <laughs> what about dots? <laughs> Would you use dots? <laughs> what, the gummies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. <laughs> we could consider it. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Chris has used the black chuckle <laughs> to accent <laughs> the dish. <laughs> what is this? You're an idiot. <laughs> The chuckle. Maybe you should have removed. <laughs> Joe would be like, maybe you should have removed the sugar from the from the chuckle <laughs> before placing the Gosh, I, I make like the worst dish in, in Gordon Ramsay. He's like, you know, you're foolish and lack of vision, right? And I see you standing up and screaming at the TV. Hey, I said that first. <laughs> I, I think, I actually think Aaron Sanchez is the best on there. The buttercream was so luscious. <laughs> <laughs> Got the Seattle Mariners taking on the Cleveland Guardians and uh, Logan Gilbert on the mound here up against Shane Bieber. Um, I don't know. Two good pitchers, two good teams. Guardians have been on the road here for a long time on the West Coast. What do you think? Yeah, they have, but I'm expecting another low-scoring game. Maybe not four runs like we saw on... uh on Thursday, but I could see five or six in this game. And I think this one's just a low scoring game. Like you said, two of the better pitchers in their respective rotation, Shane Bieber, you know, still, you know, an ERA uh, just over three and a a, a barely above 500 record, but still for me, the ace of this guardians pitching staff and Logan Gilbert has pitched, you know, fairly well over the course of the season and uh, has been the most consistent arm the Mariners have had. So give me the, uh, give me the under seven uh, Mariners guardians. I I like the guardians here. This one, I just think, you know, I think this series is going to be tight and 
I think what you know the what you're going to have your low scoring tight games, and I just like the way the Guardians have played in those, and I like the way the Mariners have too. I just think the Guardians a little bit better manager. I think that makes a difference here. Well, we've made it to the end of the show. We did it in just over an hour. We're about an hour and three minutes in at this point. Pretty good considering we covered a lot of ground here. So we're going to be able to do this format for the most part. Um, I think going forward, right? It's going to be. It's going to be choppy. I think what we'll do is we'll probably cut the baseball coverages down to like a minute a piece instead of two minutes. We could do a minute and a half. And, you know, some of these football games will go more into depth than others. But we covered week zero college football today for 10 minutes. And at the beginning of the show, unplanned, unscheduled, unrehearsed, raw, raw week zero. My favorite day of the week during my favorite time of year. Anyways, you got a parlay for us, Chris? Yeah, I'm going to go with the under between the uh, Chargers and Saints. I'll go with the over between the Reds and the Nationals, and I'll go with the Toronto Blue Jays on the run line. I'm going to go with the. Um, I'm going to go with the. I'll go with the. I don't know what to take here. I'll go with the uh, Dallas Cowboys on the money line. The Raiders on the money line in the um, Panthers on the money line, or the Panthers minus the points. That'll be my parlay. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make it a winning day. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, You guys know we're bringing it bigger and better. If you guys have any comments, anything else you'd like to see on the show, um, let us know. But uh, I don't know what else we could possibly add. If we add another person, we won't be able to do the show in this format. So if it's that... Well, the answer is no. Anyways, any home run props? Anything like that? Anything else? You know what? Let's go with uh, go Francisco Lindor. Take one off and chat. Cool. All right. I'll go with um, oh man, the catalog for the Nationals. Like <laughs> Weiner, sure is a, is always is always good, but. Um, Ah, man. I'll go with Robert Robert, um, against uh, Henry in that White Sox-Diamondbacks game. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make it a winning day. We'll see you guys tomorrow with our weekend format. I don't know who's coming, who's not coming. I don't know who's talking about what, but uh, we will be here. Make it a winning day. We appreciate each and every one of you.